Chant it out. Chant it out. Hello and welcome to another episode of Shoulder to Shoulder Podcast, telling stories from the LAFC community, match by match, fan by fan, story by story. This week we have our opponent correspondent. We have Jake Koenig and Justin Graham from the Ball Watching, a St. Louis City SC podcast. Uh, you can follow them at Ball Watching STL. And uh, appreciate you guys coming on, helping us preview this match. We weren't able to get an opponent correspondent earlier in the season when we played St. Louis at home. But fortunately enough, we're going to be able to provide you with that content leading forward to this big match upcoming this uh, this Wednesday, a six point match, as they call it in the MLS. So really looking forward to it. So, boys, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us on. We're excited to be here and excited for a heck of a matchup on Wednesday. Absolutely. So before we get started, why don't you guys just tell us a little bit about yourselves, right? St. Louis City, definitely the new team on the block, and they definitely have had allowed the league to let their presence be known. But tell us a little about yourselves, how you guys got involved with doing a podcast, how long you've been doing the podcast, where they can find your content, and you know how you guys became St. Louis City fans. Yeah, so great question. So my obviously I'm Jake and I'm partnered up here with Justin on ball watching. Uh, this is a podcast we started back in now April of 2022. So haven't been around, you know, too, too long. But I think the origin of it started, you know, probably pretty early for us both. We both played soccer at, you know, at, at a pretty high level and like kind of club ball in St. Louis. And then uh, I stopped it after high school and uh, Justin went on to play at college uh, at St. Louis University, SLU, uh, where I also attended. So uh, we knew each other, you know, growing up in St. Louis, playing soccer and then uh, got to know each other even better at, at SLU. And then, you know, I had this idea. I moved out to Kansas City for a couple of years and thinking maybe, you know, I want to support the MLS. I haven't really been an MLS fan, you know, my whole life. And uh, I, I watched Sporting KC. I was a season ticket holder there for one year. And I liked it a lot. And I always dreamt of St. Louis getting its own team. So when I moved back here in 2019, you know, it was only really a matter of a couple of years before we did get one. And I thought it'd be great listening to all these fan media during the Sporting KC time if we could have one for St. Louis. And we have so many now, uh, but we are one in the mix and one that I think we're trying to take the 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 informal but fun uh, and and very educational type approach to the content that we make uh, in previews and recaps every, after every single game and, and this season has just been a, a freaking blast to have them in their inaugural season and then just in the way that they've had it it's been incredible so yeah you can find us on Apple Spotify Amazon uh, at Ball Watching STL we do YouTube's so we do live streams on video as well um, so it's been a very active season I think we just made our 70th episode. Uh, since February. So it's been a very active couple of months for us. That's amazing. Yeah. Got to keep it consistent. That's, you know, kind of like the LAFC fan, uh, fan podcast community. There's a, definitely a lot of us that bring the content and things like that. And uh, you know, it's, it looks like you guys have had some really good success early on a lot of good subscribers and followers to your content, especially on Twitter and things like that. So congratulations for all the, for all the success. And I mean, who wouldn't have some early followers? St. Louis is such a hotbed for the American soccer market. Uh, tell us about this season so far. What's it been like for you? What were your expectations early on going into the season? Uh, talk to us a little bit about the highs, very few lows that you've had outside of this month. This month seems to kind right. of be the only outlier where there is a bit of a a bit of a dry spell. Um, but talk to us a little bit about that. What it's like, you know, your whole season and everything. I mean, honestly, it's, Christopher, it's been pretty surreal for us. So um, originally, when Jake and I started the podcast, we talked about like what what are our expectations this year? And we are honestly hoping to just be pushing and hoping to have the opportunity to maybe make the playoffs. So 
obviously have kind of blown the doors off of that started the season with five wins um have set a lot of expansion team first season records which has been very fun for us there have been a couple roller coasters here and there i would say after those first five wins we dropped two in a row without scoring a goal so i was like oh boy kind of where are we going from here but then had a game at home against cincy and took care of them five to one we're like all right so maybe we are pretty legit then we had a four game skid in the middle of june where we had three losses and one tie and we only scored three goals during those games um, with a minus six goal differential. And like you said, since then, it's been kind of more steady. Um, and I don't think that we're really trying to make a push. I think had some injuries here and there, but we'll talk about here in a little bit. But we've had eight points in the last six games. Six of those eight points uh, were in the two home games that we had. And then we had four road games. And so we've been on a three-game road stint now um, and coming back to play you guys on Wednesday. You know, you talked a little bit about the injuries. Um, but this roster, right, you know, f- to have a club that's in its very first season, you know, when we saw this with LAFC, we kind of saw lightning in a bottle. I kind of feel like that's a little bit of what you guys have going on here. Um, But talk to us a little bit about this roster, how it's molded and developed over the season and, you know, what it is that you guys genuinely like most about this roster. Yeah. The roster you can tell is very, very specifically built on certain types of principles and much more a system of play versus, you know, getting the biggest names or trying to attract, you know, your, your very, very veteran uh, in their prime experience. I think we are a mix of, I would say, more experienced type vets, either from overseas um, or for some, you know, even more domestically here in the league, as well as a bunch of young guys as well. A lot of prospects um, and European-based talent or formerly European-based talent. So we came in here and I think looked to recruit, you know, for a very specific profile, like I mentioned earlier with you know, can they press? Are they very athletic? Um, are they very positionally aware of where they are in the field? Have they played in the system before? Um, can they make it hurt when you get, you know, limited offensive chances in a game? Um, so you're a ruthless type of player, you know, just has a mentality that's a little bit different. And it doesn't need to be the big name players. You know, we went about signing a guy like um, Edu Leuven, who couldn't, you know, buy a game in, in, in Germany uh, when he was there. And, you know, he's been a star for us here. We got a guy like Berkey, who's kind of on the, what people might call the twilight of his career. And, and you put him in net and he's been a revelation this season. And one of our, you know, our captain and an excellent player could be in the MVP conversation for sure. And you fill in the cracks with, you know, some younger type talent, like Aziel Jackson, we're seeing emerge right now, who we got for a steal off Minnesota. And you're seeing the emergence of guys like Sam Adinaran and, and Nico Giochini having a good comeback season. A lot of these guys were kind of the misfits, you know, a couple a season ago or even a couple seasons ago and never really got that that time to shine and or didn't take the advantage of the chance when they got it. And I think this team just has a collective chip on its shoulder and a very well-defined philosophy to play by. So we've gone through, we've gone through it on shoestring budget, uh, which gives us a lot of flexibility here, but we do have our star players. You think about Klaus Berkey, Leuven. Um, so they've just come from the woodwork a little bit. So it's been, it's been a very, very cool season to see that. And we've developed more of a rotation as well as we've gone through. So some depth has come through as well. So you mentioned some of your international stars. Obviously, you guys have two designated players right now in uh, Klaus and Leuven. Uh, but talk to us a little bit about some of these other international players. Who have been some of the most impressive players to watch so far? So I would say, obviously, it's it, getting past Klaus and, Klaus and Leuven, which is kind of hard to look past. I will say Berkey has been incredible for us in making sure he has he leads the league in saves. Um, he's been an, an absolute just true captain for us in the locker room as well and on the field. I will say another one that um, we've we've seen highs and lows from him, but we absolutely still love is in Jobolo Bloom. He's um, South African. Um, and so also he plays just in front of the back line next to Lubin. I would say he's more of like the stopper there. 
And Lubin's the guy that really can spring guys in and whip balls in for crosses, free kicks, hit shots, while Blum is just more of the defensive-minded guy there. And then Joachim Nielsen, who just came on probably three to five games ago, he had a knee injury um, in the offseason before he even came to um, St. Louis. So he'd been kind of rehabbing that. Um, but now he's coming back, and he's a center back next to Tim Parker. And he actually gets plenty of time uh, for the Swedish national team and looking for them when they were trying to make the World Cup and getting full 90s there. So I would say those are kind of the guys that we center around. Obviously, Joao up top, he was out for 19 games throughout the season. We were looking for other guys to step, uh, that, to step up. And we have some flashy guys that kind of get in as well. When you're looking at spark plugs, we already talked about um, Aziel Jackson. He's come on strong. Indy Vasilev, who we picked up from Miami. Um, Celia Pompeo is a guy that also from Brazil, just extremely shifty. But another guy that I like to mention that is very well connected with Klaus up top is um, Nico Joachini. Um, he's got some U.S. men's national team caps, and he's actually over, played overseas as well and came back to America. So he stepped up and he had seven goals while Klaus was out. But uh, now that we're kind of getting a little bit healthier, we're starting to have a, a almost a, a weird problem of having a couple guys where we think that they should typically be and consistently be in the starting lineup, but are coming off the bench. But I think these guys like playing together so much that it's not creating a locker locker room problem, which we love to see. It's almost like a good problem to have, uh, you know, especially with the amount of games that have that have been played this year by MLS clubs. Uh, having that depth is definitely a benefit, especially coming into the postseason. You just hope to have all of your your team firing on all cylinders. Um, so talk to us a little bit about some of these maybe lesser known role players who who have an impact on the starting 11 or on the 18. Um, but they may not be necessarily those household names that have been in the MLS, or they may not be some of those marquee players that you might see on a highlight reel. My favorite one to to talk about there is Jared Stroud. Jared Stroud has been a consistent left midfielder, left winger for us, or even right winger for us almost all season. Um, and, you know, before this season, I think he played for Austin last season, maybe played in two, maybe three games. Unbelievable. Um, you know, not, not not for me in terms of like unbelievable talent, but a guy that's just so consistent. You know what you're getting out of him. He's got production in his game. He's got the goals and assists. He obviously got us uh, on the board against Austin in the first game of our season, which was a heck of a way to start a campaign against your former team like that. Uh, so he's ruthless. He's got that mental edge about him, but he's not the flashy household name. Uh, you, you have guys like, you know, Jake Nerwinski on, on the right backside for us. Uh, you know, he's an MLS, I would say, veteran in terms of experience, um, but a guy that, you know, I think we're still yet to see the absolute best of. He had a great game um, la last, you know, a couple days ago against Houston uh, and, you know, probably not a big, you know, household name, but a, a big contributor has logged a lot of minutes uh, for the team this year. Um, and we're getting it from other, you know, random sources as well. We have a guy like Lucas Bartlett comes in, was on trial from SC Dallas. Um, he was what the second overall pick two years ago. And we throw him a lifeline and he gets in for a run of games. So there's been names popping up everywhere from the strangest of places. Uh, and I, yeah, I think it's just this team's belief in a system and trying to find the right personnel and that maybe don't have the biggest names or the best stat lines, but they can make a difference on the pitch. So, you know, uh, if I remember correctly that uh, you mentioned the goal by Jared Stroud, that was a yeah. little bit controversial, yeah. right? At the beginning of the season, how did you guys feel about how that played out and, you know, the takeaways that uh, every all the pundits had to say about it? It was it was a weird one. I wanted to right. So we were there, actually. Uh, we were actually just down in Austin and went to the game. And it, it was weird to see. You see that he kind of gestures for it um, to his to a former teammate of him, Kip Keller, who's actually from St. Louis. So felt kind of bad for Kip there. He went to SLU um, with Jake and I as well. So 
He does gesture for it, which I guess technically if you were to yell for it, it would have been a yellow, but the ref didn't catch him. He said anything, and I don't know. It kind of went back and forth on social media on if he actually said something, but ends up taking it from Kip in the back and just finishes it there. So, And you saw afterwards he put his hands up, like, I'm not celebrating. I'm not going to do that to these guys, but definitely an interesting way to start the season. Absolutely. So last result, right, in all-time, uh, because St. Louis City – is a brand new team into the MLS all-time record right now between LAFC is it's it's only had one match and LAFC had a dominant performance. And that was definitely at a time too when people were not expecting LAFC to come out and have a three nil victory. Uh, LAFC was definitely in one of those ruts that they tend to be in from time to time throughout the season. Um, and it, it was a dominant performance. And I'm wondering what happened in that match and what do you think St. Louis will do in preparation for this upcoming Wednesday to make sure that that doesn't happen again? I remember being very frustrated when we rolled out the starting 11 for this match because it was you know sandwiched right in between two Saturday fixtures for us. And for me, I just wish it was on one of those Saturdays because this for me was the real you know fixture for the season, one that I was marking on the calendar. And we rolled out a pretty different 11 with a lot of rotation in it. And I'm like, what are we doing here? I mean, this is the big team that we got to, you know, LAFC for me was like a measuring stick kind of tells you where you are in the pecking order, regardless of what the numbers might say, Um, you know, obviously last year's champ. So it's always good to stack yourself up against them, but I didn't feel like the personnel matched that height of that game, but I do feel like we acquitted ourselves in the first half. I think there was a couple of big chances LAFC had, and for the large part, we, we nullified it and we go down, you know, zero, zero at halftime, which I think was a great half. If you're looking to look at us, you know, to play with the best, um, from last season for a half and, and contain them. Um, the second half, different picture. I mean, we, 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 we definitely suffered. We, you know, probably I think contained for another 25 or so minutes. And then from the 70th on, it was just one way traffic. And I think we were conceding goals all in the same type, you know, way by having, you know, very, very deep possession for LAFC and your own third and you're breaking out and going on transition. And you can't, you just can't allow, a guy like Denny Boaga time, or um, at that time, see Fuentes got the third goal. Uh, and it was just the same thing. We just kept getting punched the same way. And I think it just proved LAFC's kind of just experience to know how to navigate a game like this, find the hole, and then just choke us out. I mean, 3-0, all in pretty quick succession in those final 20 or so minutes. So I think it was a learning moment uh, for the team to stack yourself against one of the better teams and, and see where you stand if you can't put in a full 90. And I think we've learned that lesson the hard way a couple of times this season. I'm just hoping that, uh, you know, this LAFC again was in one of their one of their negative skids that, uh, you know, us in the black and gold community are not uh, thrilled about. But luckily, they came out and had a dominant uh, performance this this past weekend against the Galaxy, which obviously is a big match for us. Uh, so I'm hoping that uh, we are still able to ride that momentum. But, um, you know, some something tells me it's it's not going to be the same outcome that it was the last time that we played you, even though it is still a midweek fixture. Um, so with that, let's talk about our predictions. Uh, you know, each of you take your turn, go ahead and tell me what you guys have for an expectation prediction for this weekend. And do you guys think that you will be, uh, going into the playoffs out on the number one seed, having the home field advantage in the Western conference? Because right now in the standings, LAFC is we've got a, a match in hand and we're only six points behind. So again, this is a six point match for us in the West um, getting those three extra points could be uh, could be vital to us potentially leapfrogging you at the end of the season. 
Yeah, so this is a massive one. Um, definitely we're with, with where you guys are at in your standings. I will say we are expecting to get a dub for us. And the reason I will say that I'm ex- I am personally predicting a 3-2 dub. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in this game. If you look at the over-under, um, typically for our games, the over 2.5 is around like a minus 160. This is up to almost minus 200. So Vegas also thinks there's going to be a lot of goals. I will say the reason that I am leaning more towards a dub for us is we do play a lot better at home than we do on the road. And I will say that I don't think we're going to have as much of a rotated starting 11 like we did in the first game. So we're 10-3-1 and one at home. You guys are 3-5-4 and four away, which I think is pretty consistent for most MLS teams. When you look at that reverse, you guys are 9-3-3 three and three at home and we're 5-7-3 and three away. So definitely a little bit tougher to play on the road. I will say with me predicting the 3-2 dub, looking at the standings, we try to look at a little magic number calc that we have as well. So right now, we've already kind of calculated that we've kind of locked up a wild card spot for sure. And then looking at if we want to just make the first round, we have that technically locked up right now, just based on points per match with you guys following very closely behind. And that's why we want to make sure that we definitely get a dub out of this. And that would put us, what, nine points ahead of you guys um, going into the final stretch, which is about four or five games, uh, four for us, five for you guys. So I will say it's definitely going to be a hard fought battle, but I'm going to go with a three, two dub. I'm going to be a little bit, less on the goal side but i'm gonna i'm gonna actually also predict uh a city win here i'm gonna go 2-1 though on this one and i again i i speak a little bit to the same part of justin and just city park where we've played all of our obviously our home games since we started this beautiful new stadium uh, i mean every single game is just a madhouse i heard lafc has an awesome atmosphere as well but i'm sure that means a lot to you know the players to have that fan support behind them and uh, the players feel it here and it's it's a heck of a place to play we've been exceptional from home um, with, with 10 wins this season and four um, of, the, of the last five so it's been a good stretch of home form and I think that's if we're going to beat LAFC I feel like it's going to be at City Park this season um, and I think it would be a big game for us to show if for me, I, t- I told Justin on our pre- Justin on our preview for me, it would be the biggest win of the season. If we could do this at home, I think it's a statement and I think it largely puts to bed the LAFC's run at, at a, at a one seed here in the West uh, if we're able to take that home. So I think it's going to mean a lot to the, the fans, the players, the coaches, everyone at the club. Absolutely. You know, and, and one thing that you have to look, look just a little bit past this Wednesday's match Um LAFC plays Philadelphia away, mm-hmm. right? We're doing it. We're doing a complete road trip. The team's getting, getting wheels up tomorrow, flying to St. Louis. Then they're flying to Philadelphia, practicing in Philadelphia. And then they play Philadelphia on Saturday, whereas you guys are playing Minnesota. Yeah. And when you guys look at the table, right? Uh, you know, Philadelphia, Minnesota, Minnesota's like a fringe team right now on the playoff. Whereas Philadelphia is very strong, yeah. sitting, sitting fa- fairly strong at the top of the table. Whereas if Philadelphia was in the West, uh, they would actually be sitting in second place. So, you know, again, we have two very strong opponents in the next uh, seven days. And so, you know, it's it, are we going to, uh, I think we're definitely going to give everything we can to try and get the, that that um, Western Conference opponent yeah. and see what we have available for Philadelphia. That would be what I expect. I expect to see no rested players at all yeah. in this upcoming match. That makes but, sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, because it's, you know what, you, you can't really worry about what happens in the East. I mean, other than getting those three points, but you yeah. definitely don't want to create a nine-point gap. But again, uh, my hosts have been Jake Koenig and Justin Graham. Uh, they are from the Ball Watchers, a St. Louis City podcast. You can follow them. I'm sorry, it's Ball Watching, not Ball Watching. Ball go. Watching. Yep. 
Ball Watching, and you can find them at Ball Watching STL. Thank you very much again, gentlemen. Uh, we look forward to having you guys again next season because this will be a Western Conference uh, fun fun matchup that we have for the remaining yeah, well. of the time in this. So appreciate it again, guys, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Sounds good. Enjoy Wednesday. Appreciate it. Thanks. Together, this our culture. Feel the force of a supernova. Stay flying that FC dorsum. Hey, shopping down to Nikki's Koreatown Liddy. Cape us so mommy, about to drop her fifth. They want me to stop, but I ain't. Come to my house, I'll defend that bank.